11 o'clock comics episode 41 It's a multiversal woohoo Try to put another 52 times, or <laughs> will it get confusing for people? Man, only for, only for the ones that aren't paying attention. <laughs> so it begins. Yeah. Oh. Dude, two, two great things about that issue. Like, I wrote about it on the board. Doug Mackey, with, could there be more fucking acres on that book? And, Seven. Uh, and, uh, it's the Seven Acres. It's yeah, the Mary, uh, Mary Prankster. And, uh, and, and, and Captain Fun Carrot. Yep. Booyah. I'm only halfway through. Ah, I should, shit. I should, I, should, I should read it. Watch out for back. the black Superman. Oh. Go read it. Jump back in in a half hour. Should I? Should I? It's going to take a lot more than that. No. Am I the only one fan who read it? Yep. Yep. It's okay. We love you. It's all right, though. I don't yeah. care. Let's talk about it. We'll see. No, we don't want to ruin it. Welcome oh. to it. A- <laughs> we might actually make it better for you, dude, so it's up to you. Oh, you know what? <laughs> don't be that guy, David. Yeah, he, he, that guy. Guy. he practices a lot at being that guy. We don't need that guy. We need Wait David Rub Rice. We love comics here at 11 o'clock, and this is 11 o'clock, episode 41. I am Vince B., and I so want to live on Earth 51. Is that, the, is that the, the all naked planet? No, that's the curvy planet, baby. Curvy planet. Oh, it's the curvy. Oh, Beam me down, Scotty. I'm I'm home. Oh, I, I'm I'm Chris Neesman, and I live on on planet whatever, whatever planet it'll take me right now. Planet Lucky. <laughs> I'm planet uh, Svelte, Apparently, I'm I'm David Price, and, and apparently I'm that guy. You are that guy, but you're 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 smooth. And I'm Ringo Starr. No, you're not, Ringo Starr. Oh, no, no, did, did he's you hear, married to a Bond girl. Did, did you hear what uh, what what Sal had had actually um, his, his description of us? Damn, yeah, damn Yankees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Can Tommy I, Shaw. I'm Tommy Shaw. Well, I, I'll be Ted Nugent because I can't I stand any of the other fuckers in that group. Uh, <laughs> you're not Jason Wood. Wait, you are Jason. <laughs> You you're not Ringo Starr, although it wouldn't be bad to be him. You Jason Wood, the baby maker, is back. Yeah, right. welcome welcome back, Papa. Congratulations. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, baby maker. You know it. That's how I take care of my business. Although I think uh, this is the last baby I'm making. So yeah, yeah. Did um, now you you've named your your new son with like a, a proper name, not with like initials. Because apparently I have trouble with initials and, and names of people these days. It's not like Skizza or anything like that. It's spelled S K Z. It's not Rizzo or Jizza or or uh Chris, you know yeah. what? I, I would have no idea what that meant either, so <laughs> No, well, well welcome to the world, Holden Wood. Thank yes. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding yes. my wood right now. I think it's a beautiful name, as I said last week. So, yeah, you're all right. So, what's up, dudes? How are we doing? Back again, all four of us in the same Dude? well, the same virtual room, anyway. I had a day I'm, off. I'm doing great. I had uh, I had to rent a forklift to bring my comic home today. It was a incredibly heavy week this week. 
Well, there were a lot of hardcovers that I know. Um, no, just 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 single issues. It was it was a, a batshit crazy week, man. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, there was a lot of three ninety nine extra size books too. Uh, Spider Man Extra number two Bam. is it? Yeah. Are, the, are those are those reprints of no. of stuff that's already come out? No, they're all new stuff, baby. But Hollow's in this one. Uh, now, see, I, now see, I'm confused. What is, is it? Part of the weekly? Yeah. So it is part of, the, but it was number two. Right. It's just another excuse to sell you another issue of Amazing Spider-Man at a dollar extra. But there is more. There, it does contain more pages. But all of the stories, from what I've seen flipping through it are connected to the stuff that's going on in Amazing Spider-Man proper. Now, is a- this... Anti-Venom's it, in this one. Is this a fourth-week book, or is it part of the three times a month? Ask Mr. Marvel. <laughs> Mr. Marvel, <laughs> is this a... Is this, does this come out in the fourth week, or is it a part of the, the three times a month? I want to say I'm probably wrong, so I'm going to say it anyway. I think it's the fourth week, because they're, they, they just started a new arc. So... They started a new arc last week with character yeah. assassination, so I think this is a fourth week deal. That's the one with the, the cougar cover, right? That was the standard cover for the Obama variant. The character oh, okay. assassination cover is uh, Spidey with uh, three characters along the right side of the cover. Yeah, it's a great uh, cover. It is. Can't, can't keep up. Can I sit on your knee, Mr. Marvel? <laughs> Mr. Marvel, why are you touching me like that? <laughs> you know you like it. Shut up. <laughs> Mr. Marvel, my daddy's going to punch you in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are a few people I want to punch in the neck. We won't talk uh, about that here. It, if you can't tell, I had a hell of a day, and I'm giddy as <laughs> shit. I just want to get into this. This is this is the uh, sorbet after a long, undigestible meal today. It was just a day of crap all the way around. This is the after-dinner drink, which probably is a good time to get the drink roll call. Beautiful segue. Nice. Why, why don't you just nice. do it then? Mr. Mr. Wood, um, I'm hoping it's not like you know Dom baby <laughs> formula this week. No, no, it's uh, it, it's it's just a simple glass of Jameson Irish whiskey. Nice. There you go. Back to basics. I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, Mr. Price, uh, we had chicken for dinner, so I'm having a uh, a glass of white Merlot. There you go, Vince. This is for you and and to show that uh, one of us actually. Has a set in the house. Uh, Renee's drinking some Captain Morgan tattoo and Coke. Oh, nice! I love Renee more and more each week. Is that stuff hey, strong? It's rum. It's uh, I don't think it's as strong as maybe like Bacardi Select, but it's it's got uh, they they add some flavors to it when you add it when, when you mix it with Coke. Man, it better than like the drinks that kind of taste like Dr Pepper. It's just really nice, really smooth. Hmm. I was gonna drink it tonight, but I already started with the wine. And you do want to be in control of your faculties when you do the show. I mean, to a certain extent, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I might as well start now. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Mr. Mr. B. I'm drinking Yingling Light, the the uh, remnants of the holiday pack. They're the stragglers at the end that I didn't want in the beginning. So, yeah. I want something different next week. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to go get something off the wall, uh, totally unprepared for what I'm going to get. I don't even know what I'm going to get. I'm just going to be spontaneous, yeah. Yes, something different. Surprise me. That's what I'm about, spontaneous. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm all about uh, uh, my, my bourbon crutch tonight. I'm a, uh, what is this, Elijah Craig, uh, 12-year-old and RC, 
is uh, what I got here, and then I got uh, the bottle of Woodford Reserve that Mike Sims sent me as my backup tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bourboning it up. All right. And you are correct. It was a huge week at the comic shop, now that I think six, about six, it. 16 bucks for me this week. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it cost me a lot more than usual. And the DCBS list was a long list, too, this week. So, yeah, a couple graphic novels. You're right. Mm-hmm. Big, big Great. week. Good stuff, though. Most notably, mm-hmm. Final Crisis 7 came out today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we won't have to talk about, we don't have to get into the specifics because let's not pee on Mr. Neesman's parade. People but are, our listeners are going to be weeping, by the way. Well, we'll I mean, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get into it. it. Go for it. Let's no, talk no, no, about no, it. No, I'm, no, no yes. No. I'm, yes, yes. I'm halfway, I'm halfway through it. I don't care. Go, because I'm, I'm not going to understand it anyway. When I'm, <laughs> yes, you will. Don't cut <laughs> no, yourself no, short. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm absolute. All of the storylines are, are coming together. I'm trying to piece together stuff that was going on in the other mini series. I'm confused. It was the the series itself was confusing. So let's talk about it because you're not going to confuse me anymore. Well, let me get my copy, which is right here. <laughs> I, I have to admit, my initial reading. I succumbed to Mr. Wood's anticipatory problem where when you go into something expecting what you want it to be and eventually getting what it is, you have the tendency to maybe be a little let down. Right, Jason? Absolutely. I, yeah, that is, uh, that is something I am, I am often guilty of. Right. So I read it once and I, I just right jason sent me a message or or responded to something i said maybe two minutes after i read it and he's like uh you didn't like it and i said i i don't know (laughs) i i have to read it again with with a clearer mind so i kind of jumped into it separating myself from the work and much more satisfying the second time the the things that i kind of glossed over the first time became much more apparent and i started to steep a little bit into the story and i'm digging it i think it is just a fabulous way to end it and i said on the boards which was kind of greeted with a lot of scorn i definitely think in terms of the three crisis stories infinite earths uh infinite crisis and final crisis this is by far the best of the three but I, I'm sure you'll call me nuts, but that's you my, my that's my role in life. I think this is far better than the first one. Why? It's a richer story. There there are things in this book, series, collection, whatever you want to call it, that will bubble to the surface weeks and months from now. I'm sure I didn't pick up on everything in the book. Not just the last issue, but the whole series. And if you read the the interview with Morrison on Newsarama, that's exactly what he intended to do. He wasn't only telling a story. He was doing an exercise in storytelling. Whereas the, the, the mechanics of storytelling are just as important to this work as the story itself. And, you know, Wolfman's a great writer. And it's a fantastic story, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it does not have the levels that this has. And that's, that to me, that is a richer story, and I appreciate it more. So I'm not saying it's inferior. Yeah, I am saying it's inferior. To me, to me, to me it's, 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 it's apples and oranges. And it is, but in terms of my enjoyment, I like this one better. I'm not saying it's bad. Sure, and that's that's a personal that's right. a personal opinion. Crisis on Infinite Earths. I mean, you have to look. That is what twenty two, twenty three years old now. All right. Um, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... So, or it's, hmm? yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, either 84. It's, yeah, I think it was 19... It was 19... Whatever. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's well over 20 years old. And that... the. I think the the whole reason that that cr- the original crisis happened is that they needed to clean up the universe. They had they had you know too much too much continuity all over the place, and that was uh, it was kind of the 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 vacuum cleaner for the DCU, and right. that served a purpose of cleaning up the universe. Interesting story. I think it's a classic. I think it you know it's definitely a before and after moment. I. It, you know, we live in a post-crisis DCU. I don't know if Final Crisis, if people 20 years from now are going to say pre-Final Crisis and post-Final Crisis, if you know what I mean. Right. right. Well, they won't because, like you said, the original crisis was an editorial-driven mechanism to clean up the universe um, from a lot of wonky continuity. Mm-hmm. And this was already, I mean, if you read the exit interview in Newsarama that Grant does, he, he acknowledges that he wrote the story he wanted to, but that doesn't mean that in six months the other DC writers are going to just completely ignore that it happened. So I think from that perspective, since we don't have a from on high that this is the new status quo, I think certainly um, you're right. This this will not be looked back upon as having the significance that the original crisis did, although I think that's a real shame because I, I don't know if I'm going to say – I don't know if I'm ready to go with Vince and say it's, it's superior um, in the sense that I think they're just totally different animals and I also think – if you read Crisis back when it first came out, versus if you just sat down and read Crisis for the first time now, yes, I could see they would it would be a dated story, much like many stories from the early '80s would appear dated. But how, how well, does just, how does Secret Invasion stack up against Secret uh, <laughs> Wars? You yeah, know? well, yeah. But see, there, there, it's a given. Yeah. Secret Wars is a better story. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I, you're going to find too many people who disagree yeah. there. Yeah, I agree. Secret Wars is a better story than what? Secret, Secret Invasion. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Secret, what were we, what, what were we going to say? Secret, there? War, Secret War is terribly dead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. What I was going to no, say is Jason said something about this story isn't as significant as the original. I think Final Crisis. No, no, no. It, I said it won't be. Right. Okay. 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 Which is that Morrison says, you know, I don't know where the quote is, but he, you know, he basically says, look, I can't. And it gets back to actually what you and Sal were arguing about a few weeks ago, which is. You made the point at the time that Morrison can't – he can't control what happens from here, right? He's not right. the editor-in-chief of DC, and he comes out and says that. He says, look, I, I wrote the story. It's, it's epic in my mind and that the significance of it is as epic as I could make it. But that doesn't mean that six months from now, other writers from DC will not choose to either ignore it or completely do away with what I've done. Right. Um, and I have no control over that. So, and he's totally right. And I think because of the complexity of the story and what I sense already from the initial reaction, more people seem to be disappointed than than, than you and I are, uh, enjoyed it. So I, I have a sense that uh, – and just how convoluted the DC universe has been of late with no real direction. Yeah, I, I could see very much that a year from now people look upon this as just a event that happened and didn't have yeah. a lot of significance, which is a shame because – this could, if they if they ran with the conclusions out of this, there could be some really cool stories that were told. But you know, we'll yeah. have but to it, see. It, if, it's, if, it's if you look at it, it's been fairly self-contained. It's you know the the stuff from Final Crisis is not spilling over into into the pages of a lot of other books. I mean, a few, but but yeah. I mean, this isn't yeah, no red skies. Not, yeah, it's certainly yeah. not as widespread as as Christ, as the original Crisis ever was. Well, they tried to spill it over a little bit with that Dark Side Club. 
mechanic that they had on certain books like Robin and Teen but Titans. yeah you, you're right Teen Titans but you're right for the most part it didn't spill over into a lot of books but what I wanted to say about Jason's comment is he's a smart enough man to know that this baby he just gave birth to he doesn't have the resources to maintain it for its entire lifespan so he's going to give it up to adoption he he knows that it's out of his hands now. He he did what he had to do. It's alive, and whatever they the, the adoptive parents wants to do with it, that's their game. But I, think I, the, adoptive, I the adoptive parents are going to kill it in the crib, Vince. Uh, I sure hope not. But I think it's the return of the Jedi to Infinite Earths, Star Wars. It's the logical conclusion to everything that they started there. The star, if you want to call it the Star Wars of of the DCU, th- that was the rise of the monitors and. As you know, I've, well, the three of us have read in this one, that is no longer, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not something that we're going to be seeing too much more of anymore. I will say one thing, um, d- despite where, wherever you may sit on this series one way or the other, I will certainly admit that the I, 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 can, I can definitely understand that if people chose to, whether it be for financial reasons or, or they just didn't have the interest to not read Superman Beyond or the Submit Resist books, uh, or, and for that matter, the, the most recent Batman, I could understand, having not read those, particularly Superman Beyond, that this might have been a much harder ending to wrap your arms around. I, I can accept mm-hmm. that. I read them, so I'm, I'm not coming from that perspective, but I've seen that complaint, and thinking back on what was in those books, particularly Superman Beyond, I can understand why that complaint would be there. Yeah, I don't think they're all essential, though. I, I no, think, but I think Beyond certainly is. Oh, yes. Superman Beyond is essential. Yeah. The Batman R.I.P. is not to a certain extent, but the two issues post-R.I.P. Correct. are very much uh, essential. Yeah. Oh, it, Rev- Revelations? All- I didn't, didn't even read it yet. No, and, 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 and I was lost. Morrison, even again in his exit interview, doesn't he, he doesn't even mention Revelations. He actually gives a timeline of how he would have... Um, recommended people read them he had he said they should have been read and I, this is a little frustrating i could again i could say if, if this was how they should have been read I, you would like to have seen maybe dc had to have publicized this they probably um, didn't know <laughs> yeah that's true he said it should have been read final crisis one through three uh then superman beyond one and two uh then submit then final crisis four through five then batman 682 683 and then final crisis six through seven yeah that now, makes sense the interesting thing about that, though, is hard to have known that was the order because certainly on a release schedule, that's not how they all came out. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, frustrating. Yeah. Beyond uh, was, I think, the straggler. That should have came out a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. What? What? And the what, significant. What, what would have been wrong with making it a twelve-issue maxi series over a year? <laughs> it would have been great, but I'm sure David will, will have something to say about that. I'm not saying anything. No, I... <laughs> no sir, sir, if, if Superman Beyond was so important to the story, why couldn't it have been a part of Final Crisis? And, you know, this thing was self-contained to the point that they could have made it a 12-issue maxi-series and put yeah. it out over a year, and I think that would have given Morrison a little bit more breathing room to do what because this last issue I'm I'm halfway through it a little mm-hmm. bit more than halfway through it it's um it, it's it's kind of like the end of RIP in a lot of ways that it's just a cobbled together mess but there's a reason for that 
once yeah. you get to a certain point in the issue, there's a reason why it seems all scattershot and things are jumping around and you get uh, a vision of Supergirl talking to children. Then you get a vision of Frankenstein leading this charge against something and, and then you'll get a flashback to Superman doing something with a machine. Time is all out of whack and events well, are happening willy-nilly all over the place. So, And the one, pa- the one page that perfectly exemplifies what Morrison was trying to do in this last issue is the page with the the new forever people which is the super young team where there's characters reaching across panels and the panels are out of whack and certain events are are transposed out of what you would assume the natural order to be that's the that page right there tells everything he tried to do with this last I would say that the last half of this issue it's just willy-nilly all over the place boom what the hell is going on stuff is askew yeah oh, yeah i don't know it's shut up I david <laughs> shut up he, oh he, bas- he, he basically says it time is 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 nuts it's it's not operating the way it should i didn't mean shut up i meant hush oh, how no, about it's that all right. it's you okay. hush it's okay <laughs> uh-huh. no but yeah I could see anyone coming into it not picking up on the fact that that was he was trying to do, saying, wait a minute, what is this? There's a bunch of Omax fighting, and we don't get to see what happened, and they talk about the metal men of planet uh, of Earth, what is it, 44 in the beginning, going crazy and trying to commit suicide. I would have uh, liked to have seen that. That sounds like a cool story. I hate that it's two captions and... You know, some some oil on the floor. Oh, you did see the what happened. The the uh, Supergirl uh, parts of the JSA uh, were fighting them, and uh, Doctor Savannah and Luthor stopped it. It's right on the bottom of the page where they're loading the Daily Planet into the rocket. Yeah, it's 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 one. Pan. I mean, it's I mean, yeah, it's two panels, it, but well, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's for sure. Uh, there's no question that the issue is very very dense. Um, there's no arguing that. Uh, I, I, and, and I agree that, that um, I mean, Vince is right. Again, people are going to debate, look, this is the classic Morrison tale, right? I mean, I'm already seeing the reaction to this today. Um, there are going to be people that absolutely hate this. There are going to be people that absolutely love it, and probably not too many people in between. I don't think you're going to get too many people saying, eh, it was okay. Right, I think right. this is going to be very divisive. I think a lot of people, probably more, are going to fall on the side of, this wasn't a crisis. This shouldn't have been the mainstream event. And I, I'll say now what I've said all along that we've talked about this. If you have an issue with Morrison writing the event, the issue is with Dan DiDio for picking Morrison to write the event. Right. Morrison wrote the event as Morrison would have written this event from the start. So, I, uh, again, y- if you don't like his style, so be it. But, you know, again, if you've ever read any of his other stuff, you kind of – this is much what I would have expected going into this – the first page of this book – and and now that I've done it, it's pretty much what I would have expected Morrison to tell. I wouldn't have expected Morrison to try and recreate Wolfman 25 years later. Uh, He was trying to recreate Kirby, you know, 40 years later. I mean, time crashed in in the book, and and again, I think if if, uh, if you didn't if you didn't get that from from the story, um, and it's right in there. I mean, Darkseid says it, but if you, if you don't get that, I could see reading this book and thinking, what the hell is going on? As Vince said, it's very disjointed. Uh, it's all over the place, I- intentionally so. And I thought about this um, in Seven Soldiers. You remember what an important co- concept time was? Mm-hmm. The story was told completely nonlinearly, and ultimately, spoilers for people that haven't read. Ultimately, the the way that they they save the the day is that you know these seven soldiers that are completely disconnected from one another, it completely different points of 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 the time stream, commit 
actions that all simultaneously roll up into solving the day, right? But they're doing it from all different points in time, from the far future all the way back in time. It's, it's you know, Morrison is obsessive about many things, not the least of which is the way that time plays in storytelling as a device. So, again, I'm saying I understand if that's not people's cup of tea, but I do cringe a little bit when I when I read comments like, He's a terrible writer, or this is crap. It's not crap. It, it, it's it's just experimental. And I understand if you don't like the if you don't like the experimentation, or you feel that it's just he didn't execute against it. Fine, but this was a for what he was trying to do. I think it was an extremely well constructed story. Extremely yeah, I, well constructed. I think from a from like a musical comparison, uh, Grant Morrison is uh, to comics as Miles Davis is to jazz for me. <sighs> And you know, I I love Miles Davis's um, uh, bebop era. I'm not a bitches brew fan. Oh no, I was just gonna say I love you so much. <laughs> well, and then you, 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 <laughs> I, you know, I love his you know uh, smoking with the with the Miles Davis quintet stuff. Relaxing, That's just me. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, it's they did one called smoking, right? Yep. Yeah, smoking, okay. relaxing. Um, uh, there's four of them, I think. So I mean that that's Morrison for me. It's the same guy, you know, same same band leader, and you know I'm a Wii three all star Superman, love it. But yeah, whenever he gets into the into the uber experimental stuff, yeah, it kind of loses me. I know that the genius is there, and I know that there's some amazing stuff going on, but as a whole, it just if it, it it can't hold the center. And that's that's what I felt with it, you know. So that Dark Side kind of explained the whole time thing. Well, Dark Side explains a lot of things in about four pages, where it's Morrison's uber obtuse meta dialogue, and you can lose so many of the key points that need to be made because he's throwing it's it's the spaghetti style of of just weird comments it's like yeah there's some stuff that he throws up against the wall that that has to stick for things to make sense but whenever you're speaking in in half thoughts and in obtuse statements it's hard to filter all of it out and and i'm being sal i guess is that good writing is it experimental is it being weird to be weird i i don't know this is not a uh a poke in your side, but I think it's a problem with people not understanding the meaning of words and, or, or not, not understanding the real meaning of words. Like whenever he's taught, dark side is speaking uh, obtusely, uh, as you said, the words mean something. It's not like just Morrison's just throwing these words down to try and confuse you. If that's his goal, then why bother? You know, he, right, he's, I think he's it's not actually, exactly taught. I think what people confuse is being, I kind of think it's ironic. I think that the stuff that people think is too deep and they don't want to work for it, it's actually just the opposite. Morrison chooses the words he puts on the page much more explicitly than the average writer does. The words say exactly what he's trying to convey on multiple levels. It's just that people read them in the way they would read normal dialogue. Right, right. They're thinking, oh, but it was like, how was I supposed to know that? Well, it was right there. You just need to realize that when he writes a word, he means a lot more than just Darkseid having a conversation <laughs> but, but, with Batman. But in Chris's defense, it's not easy. There's no free lunch here. You, no, you're no, not, not going to jump into this and expect everything to be explained to you. You've sure. got to work a little bit at it. I think exactly, which is why I will never say that I can understand, much like 
lots of there are so many different books, so many different types of writing. I this is the same with comics. I totally get if a Morrison when he gets existential isn't to someone's liking. Some people don't like existential writing. They don't like to look at words that have double entendres. I, I totally understand that. And sometimes I don't feel like reading those kind of stories. There right. have been plenty of, of 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 prose works that have been of that vein that I've actually started reading and just stopped because it wasn't my cup of tea. For some reason, when Morrison does it in the comic form, it pleases the hell out of me because I enjoy the quest to figure out what he's getting at. But I'm not going to begrudge anyone who doesn't enjoy that quest. That's a choice. But... Um, but on, in my opinion, based on, you know, issue seven, I thought had big shoes to fill. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed one through six. I, I just wasn't sure if he would be able to wrap it up in a way that would satisfy me in an, in an issue. And again, just speaking solely for me, I thought he absolutely knocked it out of the park. I thought he crushed it. Um, I think that the scope of what happened, and again, putting aside whether it all matters in six months because DC editorial says it does or doesn't, I can't say to. But based on where he's leaving the universe, I think so much happened both to characters we care about as well as the status quo that if he could mandate that this is the new status quo, we'd be in for some pretty different and interesting stories. Right. Well, what I was going to say about the language is he's writing up to the concepts presented in the book. Like if this was a story about Spider-Man trying to stop the Scorpion from robbing a bank, you wouldn't expect the language Morrison used in Final Crisis to delineate a story of that type. But when you have a book where we're talking about the disillusion of, of time and uh, you know a god bullet or a virus that strips superheroes of their powers or the the anti-life equation and all those the concepts are high so morrison i think is just choosing a manner of telling this story that jives with the concepts it it's not a uh, uh, an easily digestible uh tale so your language has to rise to the occasion whereas spider-man fighting someone trying to rob a bank that's a story you can pretty much tell in plain english Hey there, good buddies. It's Cousin Dick once again, and I got another bone to pick with Mr. Grant Morrison. I read Final Crisis Superman Beyond 3D number two or whatever the heck it is, and I tell you, I'm still confused. In this book, you got a Nazi Superman, you got the evil Ultra Superman, and then you got our Superman who merges with the Ultra Superman, fights whoever I don't know, and then in the end turns into a vampire. What kind of crazy book is that? Will my Superman from 1969 please stand up so I can see you? Now, you know, some of them fellers on the message boards, they're wondering, why am I complaining about Final Crisis? You know, like, why am I buying these books and complaining about it? Well, let me tell you, good buddies, I don't buy DC Comics. I haven't bought a DC comic since Julie Schwartz died. You know what I do? I go down here to the Circle K on the corner. They still get comic books every week. They're probably the last Circle K in the whole United States that gets comics. I go over there, drink a Slurpee, and read those DC comics that come in every week. Now, this Superman Beyond a little bit hard for me to read. 
you know, with those 3D glasses inside. I didn't feel like ripping them out. But I could kind of tell what was going on, and it was pretty darn hazy. Now, you know, I, I won't be spreading too much more hate. I'll tell you about a book that you ought to be reading. Iron Man, you know, Invincible Iron Man by Matt Fraction. That's a good book. I like it. It's very good. You know, Iron Man's on the run. He's being hunted by Norman Osborn. He can't get around too well. His armor's crippled. You know, he he can't get around. He's got to put like a quart of oil in his in his armor just to just to get around. You know, so I think you ought to be reading that book. Well, I got to go now, good buddies. The Circle K is getting ready to close. Don't forget to change your oil and rotate your tires 10-4. It's Cousin Dick signing off. Another interesting thing I thought in this, because you, know, you guys know that I'm, I'm, recent, I'm a recent convert to the All-Star Superman, that one of the things I love so much about All-Star Superman was the way that Morrison embraced um, just how spectacular a being Superman is. You know, he's not just a strong guy that can fly and, you know, can overpower things. He, you know, he's, he's, he was brilliant, creative, had a different way, almost an alien way of looking at, 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 the, at the world. You see that quite a bit. It was cool to see. You see that same Superman in this book, w- whether it be him looking at Darkseid and, and saying, I, I recognize your DNA. I mean, he, you know, he can, he can analyze, <laughs> he can see that there's Dan Turpin's, it's Dan Turpin's body because he recognizes the DNA by using, you know, his vision. That's, that's amazing. And, you know, the, the song that he uses to, to ultimately do what he does, uh, you know, it's not too often you see Superman be able to sing a musical, you know, note that effectively can do what it did, right? But he's got this extra power. And then you see with the Miracle Machine, he was able to, his mind is so sharp and so super, if you will, from an intellectual level, that he was able to memorize what this incomprehensible Miracle Machine was and to the to the you know to the atomic level reconstruct it just from memory after looking at it for a few seconds. Right. I mean, well, everybody gives seeing... Luther props for being the the uber intelligent mastermind. Right. Uh, they don't usually associate Superman with high intelligence. Sure, he's very smart, but the ability to memorize a, a machine down to the circuit board that's that's really sharp. <laughs> oh yeah, and 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 I love the fact that. Uh, um, and Wood nails it in the All-Star Superman. He's as much a scientist as he is a superhero. Right. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the of the character. Um, but And again, I, I, I could curtail this because I don't want to spoil much for, for Chris, but there was a, a thing on, uh, not on our boards, but on the, the CGS boards where someone inevitably said, oh, nothing happened, you know, whoop de doo and, um, and again, I, I can understand if you don't like the story. I can't tell you. you can't, it's, it's everyone's subjective. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But I do take objection to that nothing happened. And just if I could, I just wanted to run a few, few things that happened. Because just, again, I think just a quick list of some of the things that happened illustrate that a lot happened. You may not have, it may not have been your cup of tea, but a lot happened. So You, you um, are prepared, my son. I, I do. Not, I mean, you know how I get when I when I really and genuinely like a story, and in this case, I'm I'm imagining that we're probably outnumbered ten to one on this one. In terms yeah, of, that's okay. Um, we always are anyway. So, um, okay. So first of all, Batman lives, um, but only it's at the start of time. That's awesome. I I don't know if we'll see much of that now, but I suspect that uh, I expect Morrison will address that in its significance when he gets back on the Batman books. I'm um, expecting a Vandal Savage crossover. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I hope not. I can't stand Vandal Savage. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Ooh, it's Dark a caveman. Side. Run. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Dark Side dies, and and in dying, he he creates the black hole, which basically creates the universe. Um, uh, 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 can I interject? Sure. What caused the black hole, though? Well, the bullet. Batman's bullet. Batman yeah, no, not only shot a hole in Darkseid, he plugged the universe with a black hole yeah, right at the center. Yeah. That That is freaking brilliant. He becomes the seeds of the new universe. He becomes a flower that becomes the new, new genesis, and he basically ushers in the emergence of the fifth world. Right. That's a big deal. Again, if, if, if you're a Kirby guy, that's a big deal. Um, as you said, Vince, this is the final crisis of the monitors. The monitors have come from... They've come full circle now, right? The the first monitor that that was the epicenter of of the initial crisis um, is is the the effectively the the anti catalyst to the end of of the monitor's existence. It's his actions on a negative side that lead the other monitors to say, you know what, we need to take a step back from the earthly realm and stop messing around. We, we've we've had our time. So so that's again not insignificant if you consider how important the the monitors have been in the prior two crises. This is again significant. Um, Superman, you know, again, he rebuilds the miracle machine from memory and saves the world. Uh, that's that's pretty significant, I would say. Um, the flashes are back uh, again. Talk about you know, Morrison does everything intentionally. Think of how cool it is. It says it right on the page. It, this is a story about the flash. This is a, it, let me just get to the page so I don't misquote it. But um, this is the story of how the flashes outran death, the Black Racer. Um, you know, people kept saying, well, why is, you know, w- what's important about the Flashes and why do they have to race against the Black Racer? Well, he, Morrison tells you right there, it's about death. And why is that important? Well, in the first crisis, what was the big heroic moment? It was a Flash giving up his life to help save the universe. In the second crisis, the same thing. A Flash gave his life, so we thought at least, to save the universe. They're both back now and they outran death they're back to the universe and in doing so they helped save the universe it's full circle they've come full circle their story they gave up their lives and now they've come back and they're back in the the universe as well again it's very circular you know morrison does it's all intentional um and then the coolest thing the biggest thing and the thing really i'm gonna be upset if they don't do anything with is that everyone on our earth you know the earth zero and the other earths know about the existence of the multiverse Yes. Every average Joe now knows that there's a multiverse. That is freaking badass. Imagine yeah. <laughs> what it would be like if you and I woke up tomorrow and we realized that there were 50 other Earths with, you know, out there that were basically like ours living in some kind of, you know, parallel existence. I mean, that would blow people's freaking minds. The average human being wouldn't be able to handle that. It would baffle them that all they'd be able to think about. And that, I mean, that happens. So, um, I, I, again, I just, I think. If this stuff, if that kind of stuff doesn't do anything for you, so be it. But a lot freaking happened. I mean, and, yeah. and then the, the the other cool thing is, you know, yes, Morrison comes out and says this is the final crisis of the monitors, but there was also there were some other final things. It was the it was the end of the fourth world. That not again, not insignificant. This is, is something that's been at the basis of DC lore and Kirby lore for a long, long time. And ultimately, that I thought the other cool thing is this is Batman committed. He, he crossed the final line he would never cross. In all the hundreds of Batman stories that have been in continuity, Batman won't take a life. In this, it was an important enough task where he was willing to take a life. And not just any life, but the God's life. And in doing so, in crossing that final line that he would never cross, he created the universe. That's crazy. That's out of this world crazy. (laughs) I don't know how you can't love that. And not only because evil won by pushing Batman across the line into doing something he swore he would never do he was ultimately tainted by evil evil forced his hand to make that decision that's how evil won it's crazy 
it, albeit you know maybe for a couple seconds right but right. still but they, they shoved sure. batman into the dark place the darker place i would say but the thing I, you 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 didn't mention and i think it's one of the coolest things in this entire issue is the calvary arriving in the form of the green lantern corps taking out mandrak the eater of stories in a in a brilliantly metatextual moment when the the green lantern corps responsible for some of the best most invigorating stories in the DC universe last year completely wiped out this thing that consumes the stories. So what I took it as Morrison saying, Johns has done masterful work and here, here the Green Lantern saved the day for the DC story writ large last year and he documented it in the, in the, in the pages of this issue by killing this thing that lives on dissolving stories. That's, mm -hmm. that's just where else are you going to get that but like a Morrison book? I, maybe I'm just, I'm just giddy with all the metatextual stuff. And I just flipped the page. That World of New Krypton thing, that um, the advertisement for the upcoming. Oh, that is a beautiful drawing. That is just gorgeous. They better no, lock, lock him down for years and years and years. Yeah, he's the man. There's one thing, Vince, that I didn't get in this book. I, and I just didn't get where it fit. And, uh, and it must have some importance because... Again, it gets a half page and Morrison says this is the story of um, in the same page with the flashes. Um, Let me look. He says, uh, the st I don't know the page number offhand, but he says uh, it's a picture of, of Arthur um, on a seahorse. And he says, yep. this is the story of Arthur of Atlantis prophesied to return in his people's time of greatest need. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, other than seeing him for a few panels earlier in the series, I don't really get where he fits in to Final Crisis in any way, shape, or form, other than that Morrison says he, he it, was... It, it really doesn't. It's just another flash of the disjointed events that are flipping by as this crisis is going on. It's just Morrison saying, um, here, Aquaman, the original Aquaman is back, maybe from a parallel universe. It may not be our original Aquaman, but it sure as hell looks like him. Uh, fighting the Ocean Master, and it looks like the Sea Devils are in there too. Just here's Aquaman. I brought him back. Now do something with him. But in terms of the story, it's just a disjointed event, just mm -hmm. plopped on the page. It really doesn't matter in 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 terms of the whole thing, but it it fits in well with the mechanic. And he's throwing a bone to Aquaman fans. Do something with him, guys. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Woohoo! As uh, Julian would say, Plantanas. Yeah, and the thing that got me too, and we'll move on if if you guys are exhausted uh, from this, and we could talk about <laughs> something else. But the the fact that the entire seven issue storyline was loaded aboard a Kryptonian rocket and fired, and that's that's what this the Morrison story, the seven issues are what they put into the rocket along with the bat symbol and and fired it from the the JLA watchtower adrift in the multiverse. That's that's gorgeous. That's just damn good storytelling. And if you look at the at the end with Anthro, the rockets crashed in the in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While while Anthro is doing his his uh his uh with the sigil on the on the cave wall and stuff. It's just a great story. I'll be reading this this thing for for years to come. There's just it's oh, an on, it's an onion. Yeah, you I can just keep peeling it, baby. It makes me cry. Oh. oh. So what else? <laughs> so what else we got? No, seriously, I I, I didn't try. Like I said I I thought that the artwork is amazing. I this is something you can't read once and then 
I mean, if you read it once and then say, I don't get it, then you just, and, and you're adamant about not getting it or you're not going to read it again, then, then there's something wrong with you. I mean, there, there are things in here that you're not going to get it at first, second, or third glances. So it, I can't knock it. I think it is, I think, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. You had a loss for words. You loved it so much. I, oh, you know it. Um, it's the best issue in a while. Bearing the like, final like Superman title, Mankey saved the freaking day. This is true. Yep. Um, but no, I'm not going to. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to knock it or, or kick it or anything like that. I'll let the other people do that. That apparently are better suited for it. But uh, I'll. Um, I can't. I, I can't say anything negative about it yet. I, I only read it the one time, and and this, as far as I can tell, there really isn't anything negative to say about. Because anything that I would argue about, as far as the way it jumps around or it cuts scenes, you know, I, I think this isn't. This obviously wasn't written. I know. I I want to say, you know, who's. I want to ask, who do you think it's written for? But this is not for new readers. That what what comes next is the jumping on point for new readers, I think. Because now right. now there's this blank canvas that people can have their fill with and, and do whatever they want to do. And then, you know, so someone asks, well, how did we get here? Then, you know, when the time is right, then okay, then then then, then go back and read Final Crisis if you want. But it's, um, I, I really can't, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, there isn't anything bad I can say about it because it's either I didn't, read it thoroughly i didn't follow through with 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 some of the thoughts that were going on it was it was deliberate it's not like he was just you know just throwing crap on the wall to see what sticks he was you know everything was planned out the way it was supposed to there there, there were i said there, there were the cut scenes you know you weren't there weren't supposed to be captions to tell you what was going on here what was going on over there it was crazy there was madness going on all over the place so yeah if if you're with the lanterns in one panel and then here's superman facing turpin darkseid in another panel and you're not sure you're confused you don't know what's going on well that's that's intentional so it's and uh, tell me the first page pages are not a tip of the hat to our current president you think? Oh, yeah, oh, the black I, Superman. I definitely think they are. All right, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't read into it that much. No, I didn't, I didn't get that. It well, could well, be. Hey, but. why would he pick a black Superman? Well, why not? Oh, yeah. they're, 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 how many, how many Supermen are there? Do you figure one of them can't be? I oh, mean, what the hell? Was I know I what thought? I wanted to say. I know what I in the one pick, uh, double page with all the Supermen flying at the at the reader. Uh-huh. Is Prime in there? I swear, I could see Prime. The guy with the triangle on his chest and the metal on his shoulders—that looks like Prime to me. Ooh, from from the well, Marvel universe. Not doing anything with him? Yeah, I mean, it, it really looks like Prime. I, I know Apollo's in there, but if if you look, where is he? Oh, he. Oh, I can't see him. But there's one panel in here where I swear it's Prime. I'm Chris, it's over. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, you know I, what? I, it, 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 I'm absolutely exhausted with Final Crisis. I'll go back and I'll read it again, but. I'm I'm glad it, I'm glad it's over. I, okay. I'm I'm kind of it, it's an it was an exhausting series. <laughs> it really was draining, but it was it was a good kind of draining for me. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Like I'll, like getting a big old boil on your on your back. I can, Lance. I, can, I, can I can I can take the time to to go back and read it again in its entirety. Now that uh, I guess Morrison uh, would. That was a what a newsarama exit interview where yeah. he actually gave us a proper reading order. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, now that I've got the roadmap in an obscure interview on a comic book news site, I can. But these now, are. But, but don't I forget now, that I these. Can now, I, I can now have a, a, a proper reading order to go. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and these I, are the I, Morrison written comics, though these aren't the. Yeah. The other actually, series. I need to go and read the four volumes of the Jack Kirby Fourth World Omnibus first yeah. to really get a grasp of it. <laughs> and I, then I'm sure that I need to ingest, to ingest something and uh, make some sense. Of, yeah, it's it was an exhausting series. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I don't have to worry about it. He did fess up to the occult elements in the, in the series too, which made me feel good. At least it, it validated my sanity. I'm, I'm not nuts. They're in there, so there you go. So, what are yeah. we going to talk about now? Are we? We got plenty to talk about, right? Lots of good stuff came out. It's well, I don't know about anything that came out t- today. I don't. I, oh, let's go back a couple of weeks. You know what I found when I was going through some books? I was going through some garbage X Men titles, and I found the Saber. Oh, the Jim Lee years? No, no, just just a bunch of of uh, like the uh, Bishop and his sister. What was her name? Shard. That X series that they had out just like assorted x-men stuff i found the saber tooth and mystique story this uh four issue mm-hmm. uh, series from 97 mm-hmm. yeah you know who drew that mark texiera no ariel olivetti oh. saber- different series then okay yes saber tooth and mystique so did the, the title of the book had both of their names yeah saber okay tooth i was thinking of the saber tooth mini but she was in it that was okay Really? And I, yeah, and I'll tell you, it, it looks like a cross between Bisley and mm, a little bit of Rizzo in there, here and there. And wow. it's it, it, And I'll tell you, it's just line. It's not that, that uh, painterly stuff he's doing now. I, I got to admit, I like this stuff better. Really? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you ever read it, anybody? Nope. Uh, I'm sure I did read it when it came out back in the day, but I don't remember it at all. Written by um, Jorge Gonzalez, Ariel Olivetti did. It's called uh, Sabretooth and Mystique. Ninety-seven, it came out. Buck Buck ninety-five an issue. Oh, for the days. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that 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 dovetails nicely into something that I've been reading this week. Oh, Uh, what's that? I had bought the first issue of this miniseries, oh gosh, probably would have been a year or two ago, and uh, liked it, and then just kind of one of those series that I stopped buying for no particular reason. Uh, the But I just picked it up in trade. It is the Space Ghost uh, by <sighs> Joe Kelly and Ariel Olivetti, which is basically a, a new... Uh, uh, retelling, or actually a new telling of the origin of Space Ghost, and it is really good. I've, oh, see, I don't have that. I wish I did. It's re- it's really good. It is a very. I mean, if you ever watch Space Ghost or uh, Coast to Coast, this is not that <laughs> at all. Mm. This is this is a very dark and very. Uh, grim and gritty look at the character Space Ghost, and I've loved every second of it. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a couple, uh, a couple storytelling moments that I, I felt maybe fell flat a little bit, but uh, you know, it, it keeps moving. I didn't dwell on it. Um, Olivetti's art, you know, kind of what you're saying, Vince. It's it, 
it, it can border on being kind of stiff sometimes. Yeah. Um, th- this mm. is this is his painted stuff. Um, some of it is absolutely breathtaking, and you know, stop you in your tracks while you while you just sit there and stare at it. And and some of the other times, it's like, wow, that uh, probably better better ways to tell that story. But uh, just a really a really cool space ghost story, and I never thought I would say that. Hmm. Is that the one with the uh, Alex Ross covers? Uh, I believe so. It, it is. It, it it is published by DC, so it's um, yep, yep, and it is. Uh, it is the Alex Ross covers. So was it a miniseries, Chris, or did it go for a while? Yeah, it was no, it was a miniseries. I believe it was. I want to say four, maybe. Yeah, no, six issues. It was a six-issue miniseries. Um, came out in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's now collected. It's written by Joe Kelly. Uh, oh, it's got to be good. Oh, you yeah. know I love Joe Kelly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and it's and it's it's definitely good. Joe Kelly. Uh, they uh, they give a, a nice nod to uh, um, Alex Toth. Yeah, as uh, as the original Space Ghost character design. So mm-hmm. yeah, which, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's uh, yep covers by Alex Ross. Vince is right, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe I'll, I'll look for this trade on the uh, in the discount bins at uh, New York Comic Con. Maybe they'll have. I think, uh, I think I got it from DCBS for about eight bucks. Sweet, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's worth worth every worth every penny of it. Really enjoyed it. If you're in the mood for more Space Ghost, keep uh, keep an eye out on the back issue bins for the Steve Rude uh, Space Ghost. He did a what was it, David? A one or two issue series? I think it was one. Steve like Rude, pre- I want to say one. Uh, wait, maybe it was a Prestige. Uh, yeah, for one. Eclipse, for Kamiko. Kamiko, okay, yeah. right. Mark Evanier was- and Steve Rude wrote it. Rude penciled <laughs> it. Great uh, issue. Yeah, one issue. Mm-hmm. Must be That's- oversized though, because it was three fifty back in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, it was Prestige. It was the square bound. You gotcha. know, all. Yeah, that's great stuff too. Well, it's Steve Rude. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't have Kirby, Rude's uh, not too shabby follow-up. Yeah. God damn it, Vince! This is Chris Chavez, Equinox on the forums, and everybody keeps capping on Bush. Bush was not the evil Satan of the world, and Obama is. Well, we'll just see how he does after 100 days, and I'll maybe change my mind as far as whether or not he's the savior. Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, if Marvel Comics or anybody else wanted to honor Obama, in my opinion, they should freeze their prices at two ninety nine instead of three ninety nine. Crap. All right. Yeah, that's right. Follow the Commander in Chief. Freeze your prices two ninety nine instead of three ninety nine. Crap. Uh, then we'll do some talking. All right. Anyway, peace out. Bye. Okay, it's Chris again. Um, Love Superman Beyond 3D. Hell of a lot better, hell of a lot easier to me read than Final Crisis. Matter of fact, to me, reading Final Crisis is kind of like reading Superman Beyond without the 3D glasses on. Tough, really tough. And... Monkey, Monkey should have been drawing the entire Final Crisis. J.G. Jones, excellent artist, but no, Monkey. Monkey should have been doing it. All right. Bye. I must admit to having very little, um, I know David's going to throw up in his uh, glass right there, I have very little 
exposure to, to Steve Root. I don't. I, mean, oh, I know. I know of him, and I know. I know. That, yeah. I, I know. I know what he's done, but I, I must say I don't uh, don't know that I've read much of what he's done. Certainly not his. I guess his more acclaimed stuff. I haven't read any of it really. So, David, well, I think we have a, the thing about we have it a purpose is, for New York now. I think we do. Start. We're going to get you nexified. Yeah, with something like Nexus, it's like I don't know where to start. You know, wh- whether there's not the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but you I know, know, I'm not trying to be a wise ass. No, I'm yeah. serious. I mean, it's yeah. He, he rude dude productions. You know, it. it he. he picked up where the series left off so it's you really kind of, i mean they have dark horse has the nexus archives and i believe he root himself has said that they're eventually going to try to get those to, to trade um there there are I, you know, we could say nexus versus magnus robot fighter or or you know nexus meeting any Man, other yeah. okay you know various heroes but mm-hmm. you kind of to, to get a feel for who the character is, what it's all about. It's also, I think in some regards though, Nexus is also something that can be considered dated because when, when Baron was writing it and, and he and he and rude would talk about where the stories are going. You know, this is, this was a book written in the eighties and, and uh, you know, there, there are certain things like with capital punishment and, and I guess they both kind of, I guess at times may have lived vicariously through Horatio and uh, right. And things that Horatio Hellpop can do, you know, they would have loved to. Have, and there, there are people that are characters that that Nexus meets that might reflect some real life people. So <laughs> it's uh, we we won't ruin it for them. No, but it's I mean it's uh, you know and yeah, it's got big ears. And and <laughs> later on you have um, you you uh, when when Rude takes a break, you have beautiful art by uh, Eric Shanauer. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, he really sort of this, right yeah, now. and and of age course, of, age the, of bronze. Age of bronze. So, you really, it's it's a book. Actually, you know, I might uh, I might have a spare Nexus Archives Volume One. Wow! If Look I can, you. if I can dig that out, you uh, that, that's talking yours. about ballers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because that's actually been my big my big frustration with it is that. Um, Fifty bucks an archive. Yeah, that's I mean, right. it's, yeah, I know that's you made, but I, that, yeah, that's fifty bucks for seven issues, which is, I mean, you know, I'll spend some money, but that just seems pretty uneconomical to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't. They really need to get that series out and trade. It would, yeah, do, yeah. I think, I think it would do very well if handled in the right way. And it, it's kind of a mess. I think it's kind of a mess because Dark Horse owns the rights to it, and I, I think that I think that Rude would have would have liked to have done that. And, and, uh, before kind of relaunching the series at Redo Productions, it it needs to be out in you know twelve dollar trades. Sure. Right, you're right. Like you're right. Crazy hard to get. Is that why it's so expensive? No, not real. I was just going to say that there are a lot of. Um, yeah. I have doubles on some issues, and I've yeah. I've picked some up from like you know the three for a dollar, five for a dollar dollar okay. bins at, at conventions. So I mean, you might have a hard time. Getting, the black and white ones will probably yes, be the difficult. ones from Capital. The first three yeah. are going to be hard to get, but those have been reprinted. I, in the first I, I picked that. Phase. I picked that up as a little graphic novel in the dollar bin at Dark Tower. Last there you week. go. Oh, oh, the collected. Yeah, maybe I'll go diving uh, at the con. Maybe that's something I'll go diving. Yeah, that, that, yeah, we should definitely do that. I mean, we it might be hard to get many consecutive issues, but you mm-hmm. should be able to get a bunch from a different from a few different oh, places. Oh, shit, yeah. 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 Right. But, David, you were talking about the, the story being a bit dated in terms of what we are used to today. Visually, though, 
Uh, oh. I think I think Nexus is timeless. Oh yes, in because uh, it's it's on the same aesthetic plateau as anything Wally Wood ever did. Wow, it's just not, it's, it, it yeah. transcends Vance, any kind Vance, of uh, Vance, time period. Vance, what? What? Come on! Come on. Uh, you he don't said, think Steve Root is on a level with Wally Wood? Oh my God! I so do. I I love Root's work, but I, he's no Wally Wood. Oh, okay. Well, well, I guess Wood will be the judge then. Wood will judge if Wood compares to Rude. After the phrase I just keep on the final price, seven people are being like, who the fuck wants to listen to Wood? Hey, Wood's, Wood's uh, throwing down some smarts this episode. So, Yeah. I got something I've been teasing for you guys. I teased Vince uh, two weeks ago, and then obviously my wife decided to have the baby early, so I couldn't talk about it last week. Um, How dare she? I know. I said to you, Vince, that I read something that you would be giddy about and that it would baffle Chris that I read it. Mm. And you said you couldn't figure out what that would be. Yeah, I'm not even going to hazard it. Baffle, or I think you said it would make me cry. Right. Wait, oh, did I? I probably overstated that. I probably overstated that thing. That was probably just a flare for the dramatic. Um, I read Drumroll, please. I'll paste it in later. You did? Wow. Wait, what did you read? I read a, a, a my first manga uh, this uh, this past uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I read Death Note, the first volume. Of oh, Death wow. Yes. Awesome. There you go. One to start with. Good God. Well, That's a good at, one to start with. I know. Yeah, I was Town Comics, and uh, I forgot what I was picking up, but I, I went there to pick something up. And uh, you know how, I don't know if you guys know, but at Midtown, they don't really have a, a regular discount policy. But if you have an account there, which almost everyone does, you get 20 bucks off after you spend 100 That's the way it works. But they just accrue it. So I went up to ring my stuff up, and it was like $14. It wasn't much at all. And um, But she was like, oh, you, you have your, your $20 credit is up, so you don't owe us anything. So... Sitting nearest when you wait in line, that the nearest thing to the checkout is is the manga section. Uh, Midtown is a pretty big manga section, and sitting right there um, was Death Note. It's you know as you might imagine, it's it's one of the more popular series, so it's right there. Were there the uh, were there What's some uh, uh, pissy little emo kids sitting on the floor reading them? <laughs> no, 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 uh, no oh, at okay. least not not that moment. But I, I uh, so I thought, ah, you know, it just in my mind, I said, I have a couple bucks. Um, I was almost uh, one time before when they had a sale. I went. I was going to buy the first uh, volume of Death Note, and it was sold out. So I and I looked, and sure it was. There was a bunch of number ones. I just grabbed it, and threw it in, and said, and then the girl that was ringing me up was just starts gushing. Oh my God, it's the, you know, I love this the best manga. And I said, oh, I've actually never read a manga before. And she's like, Oh, you know, you're going to spoil yourself. It's so, you know. And I said, Okay, well, I'll give it a try. Did you get her number? Uh, let's just say she would be more of a friend than uh, somebody you'd want to get her number. But <laughs> she's not someone I'd want to see cosplaying. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> she's probably listening to this and hates me now. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I read it, and um, I, uh, I, 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 what can I, what can I say about it? I, I, I didn't hate it. <laughs> In fact, I, I would go so far as to say I liked the end of the first volume enough that. I would be more than happy to read future volumes, although it's not something I'm going to race out. I didn't. I think there's 12 volumes of it, right? I I didn't finish like the first 13? volume thinking, "Oh my god, I have to read the other volumes." I thought, "Okay, I kind of get what the story's about." Um, so it was interesting. Um, the art definitely was okay, but I didn't wasn't crazy about the art. But all in all, it was a relatively painless experience. I'd say I'd, it's probably. It was uh, it was a good experience, put it that way. But it wasn't good enough that I feel like I'm now on a quest to read and explore more manga. And, and think wow. about it this way, Jason: 
you just read the best one. I don't know about that. Because that's the one that everyone, that is the watchman of manga. Oh my god. (laughs) Death Note is is so good. You just read the best one. I think Akira, to be fair, is the watchman of manga, but... Yeah, right. I have to. I have to agree with you. And to be, that. and actually, yeah, for, I, I have read Akira. Um, I read the first big phone book of that years ago. So I, I guess this isn't actually my technically my first manga, but this is the first, you know, manga sized read from right to left little little you know digest that I've ever read. Um, the actually, series proper is twelve ish, twelve volumes, mm-hmm. but there's a thirteenth volume that Which is like, like a, a how no to hobby, read Death right? Note or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's like, a good, good well, time to have it then at the end. You know, yeah. it's a. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a compendium, but you know, honestly, to you know, to tip my cat to to Death Note, it's the only one that's ever kind of kept my interest. It was until Volume Four that I was like, yeah, okay, I'll come oh. back to this eventually. And All right, so you got to make it to Volume Five, really for real? Yes, Dude, yes. It, it's, volume it's, like, it's like it's like telling a long distance runner it, it will stop hurting whenever you get to mile twenty. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth volume, there's a complete sea change to the series. It okay. just he just flips it right on its ear, and then it it takes about two volumes to work that out, and then it kind of segs back into what it was before. Right. See, see, no. see, see, what it only takes them five volumes <laughs> for a major plot change. Now, this is one thing I will say uh, again, um, and I don't want to. You know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not an opponent to manga push per se. I don't want to come on, but I, I, I do often think about the the disparity between you know we always talk about wow, I wish we could get younger people to read manga uh, to read comics, and how do we do it? And then people counter with, well, young people do read comics; they're just it's, they just read manga. And so as I was reading this, I don't know how many pages each each volume is. I don't have it sitting here, but it's a you know it's I got a lot of pages in it. It is such That's a something. fast read. Yeah, it is such a fast read. I mean, I read that. In what it would take me to read a few regular comics. I mean, it, it's super fast, and um, so I'm not sure I buy into the argument of how much more bang for your buck you get from a manga. I'm not saying it's it's a ripoff by any stretch. I mean, you're, there's plenty of story there, but but I mean, for the the six bucks whatever I paid, I mean, I got about two three comics worth of reading time. I mean, the story flies right by. So I, it's it's it kind of struck me as like popcorn shrimp, right? You just eat a bunch and then. <laughs> If there's more, you'll eat some more, but you're not exactly, you know, fighting for for another plateful of them if you've already had enough. I don't know. There is a lot of work that goes into these things, though. It's not like they—they're not drawn by machines. What do you think? Again, I'm not. I'm focusing totally on the story component of it, right? I'm just saying it it, it, it reads very quickly um, to the point where it's it's, um, you know, I I don't know that it it, compare that to what a 228-page trade. Would be for me. I, I I certainly felt like I read it much faster than I would a typical trade. Um, okay. But what'd you think of the art by um, Takeshi Obada? Uh, I th- I thought it was fine. I mean, I thought it was expressive, okay. but I also really? thought it fell into a lot of the things I thought manga was like, which is you know that having seen some anime, I mean, you know that it just looked very I guess conventional to me in that regard. I mean, I thought the um, the uh, the death go- the death god was cool. I mean, he looked cool, you know, kind of creepy. But uh, you know, Link and and the character they all you know they have those expressive eyes when they get excited, and you know the lines to express when they're they're shouting, and um, you know the so it just kind of looked like anime to me. I don't I, I didn't I wasn't blown away by it. Like I wasn't like oh my god, this is mm. like compare that to I know Akira that I distinctly remember some of the the particularly some of the um, the hand drawn. Um, 
um, architectural elements in Akira. I mean, that's that I don't that's a fantastic accomplishment. But this just struck me as good. It was it was good. It looked like anime, which is you know fine. I have nothing really against it, but but I certainly don't I don't like it as much as I would like a conventional um, American comic artist doing the same story. I don't think. Uh, I think uh, the Shinigami. Are That's some of the most creepiest, uh, most creepiest. Oh sorry. yeah, some some of the creepiest visuals I've seen in a comic to date. Just the 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 little subtleties in their expression and the the way the eyes are like fish eyes on some of them, where they're on almost opposite sides of the head. Just very disturbing stuff, and rightly so because they're 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 death guys. Sure, but know? then I compare I compare those guys to the creatures you might see in a Hellboy story or. In yeah, sure. you know, Pena Fury Agent story or something, and I don't know that they're any. In fact, I don't know that I remember them as being creepier than that, or you know, say what what um, Justiniano did in that first issue of Rain and Hell. I mean, I you know, uh, to me, those guys draw some creepy, some creepy stuff. You know, so uh, you mean uh, that's Tom Durenick? In oh, Durenick. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, again, it was it was. I'm glad to have read it and. Um, you know, if I could get them on the cheap, like half off, I'd buy a couple more and read them. They were quick reads. But uh, um, I guess let me ask you, have you read all of them, Vince? Have you guys read them yep. all? Yep. So does the story – you say in, issue, in, in the fifth series it changes dramatically. So is, yes. is effectively what I read in the volume one, is it just kind of that same plot basically drag out for the next three books? It's, it's Link. No, no. It's it, step ahead of L and sort of killing more and more mm. people and getting closer and closer it, to the dark side. But – is there are twists and turns, but it's basically that that same light, you know, uh, what's his last name, Yagami or whatever. The same light, mechanic light, where he's light. he's working on the sly. But then the fifth volume, something dra- he does something that drastically changes the storyline. It's almost like a Dallas shower scene. Oh, uh, okay. But it works, and then that has to work out for maybe what David two volumes maybe. Mm, yeah, I think. And then the status, the status quo returns, but then there's more wrinkles. Like his father's dragged into it, mm-hmm. and and the whole team yeah, that's what that I'm was, not up to yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I won't say anything else. Then. Um, and even even you're introduced to more Shinigami as the story progress okay. progresses. So yeah, Misa becomes a big factor in the book. He he pulls a he he kind of uses her as bait, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, he's a bastard. Light, okay. light can be a real bastard, but yeah, uh, the, and the ending is very satisfactory. It it just culminates in a way that you're like, oh, you know, there 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 is uh, good in the world. So I only need to commit <laughs> to twenty four hundred more pages to get to that ending. But it, yeah, it's a different kind of pacing, though. Right. It's right. not your standard American pacing. So, mm-hmm. like you said, apples to oranges, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And remember, but these I, things I, came out like weekly or, or monthly. Yeah, well, I'm glad you did, right? Chris yeah. is glad you did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no pressure on Chris now. Hey, man, it, it's 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 the it's the cranky old man in me. It's you know I can't believe what the kids are listening to these days, kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's not for me. I understand that there are a lot of people that enjoy it, and that's cool. And I I do. I sound like an asshole. Um, railing on it, but it's just I don't get that rock and roll. You know, it's it's just. But you you shouldn't have to apologize for things you don't like. There yeah, you go. I mean, it's just it's it's just it's just you know, there's too there's too many Western style comic books that I need to read and and want to read that I you know I I, 
I got to spend half my fucking day trying to figure out Grant Morris, and I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, go out like, and buy. That's Mon- all you're gonna devote to it. <laughs> I, yeah, really. Yeah, that's my Saturday. Thanks, it's, Grant. You asshole. It's, <laughs> it's it's like my wife's trying to get me uh, to listen to this. What is his name? Kenny Ches Chesney or something? Chesney, no, no. Oh, he's so great. And I was like, I will never listen to this music. Uh, he could be the, the the greatest songwriter of the the modern day. I'm not listening to that. I I'll just send can't. I'll send you some country music, dude. That is oh, Hank Williams is awesome. I like country. It's just not that, <laughs> you know. No thanks. But speaking of, isn't Wood? Aren't you supposed to be sending me some some music? I'm gonna hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am going to, my friend. <laughs> yes. It's a, I haven't done that yet. I, sorry, the baby's throwing my schedule off, but I, I, that is my It's day. always an excuse. The, 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 uh, the Wu-Tongs? Yeah. You're going to send me some Wu-Tongs? <laughs> well, I thought, again, much like uh, I'm going to send you a mix of both some of the classic... Oh, it's a mixtape. Oh, damn you. You took my, you took my bit. <laughs> can you, can you actually yeah. send it actually a tape? Sure, sure, and and some of the uh, some of the better JW Hart CN some of the solo joints from uh, from some of the, the the artists that were involved in Wu Tang. <laughs> great minds, dude. David made my day. There you David go. Great minds, my ass. Twice I should have made your day, man, because you you threw that monitor bit at me today on the forum. He won't even mail it to you. He'll fly out, uh, come yeah, to your come to your would. place, and just flick it at the window until you open the window, and he'll just kind of like hold it up over his head. You know, <laughs> dude, that's one of my wife's favorite movies. Sorry, <laughs> nice. Uh, is, as in, it, in your eyes, please. Oh Lord, as I'll that. tell you, Peter Gabriel. Just is just a, a weird aside. Peter Gabriel is incapable of recording a bad song. Oh, that's not that. true at all. That that theme song from no, listen, that dude, theme song from Wally is awesome. That is, but dude, have you? I mean, I don't know how much you've kept up with him, but I he has had some shit come out in the last decade i don't know the guy maintains a standard even when he's uh you know singing to the rubes he maintains a standard that's way above most stuff i don't know maybe i'm just enamored of the genesis stuff to the point where everything he's done after say that about phil collins i'll give you props because the man can do no wrong Oh, oh like no! <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh God, we just took a dark fucking turn on this show. <laughs> anyway, speaking of dark, okay. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to bring anybody down or 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 have us pile on any certain publisher. I, I I'm not bringing this up because it has a dark rain banner at the top of it. But did anybody read the Uncanny X Men annual? Not yet. No. Right. Did I that come out now. last week? I've, I've I think heard, it was uh, last. Was it, uh, was it Bra- Braithwaite? No. Brightweiser no. and uh, and Daniel Acuna. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard the Acuna stuff was not so good, and the Brightweiser stuff was really, really nice. Now, what, what annual is that? Number what? It's, uh, it. you know, it. I don't... Oh, number two. Annual number two. Number two, okay. Uh, it's got Emma on the cover holding an apple. It's, it is it is a nice... Oh, yeah, like, I saw that cover, like, yeah. Um, it ties into Dark Rain in the sense that it's basically just a story about Emma and Namor. And about Dotson and, cover. And, did they? Ta- did he tap? It is a Dotson cover. Uh, do you want me to spoil it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like he did. He banged it out. Nice. Years ago, after they he first dropped, met, though, he dropped it like it's hot. Nice. Now, recently, actually, there's there's one exchange in here that's pretty funny. It, it, An exchange, really? He made her. Yeah, they're, they're he made her wet. The, um, <laughs> well, there's this this one. The whole thing starts off with like the Hellfire Club, 
because that's where they met. Because Shaw basically wants to take over the world. You see a young Tony Stark. You see a young Norm, uh, a younger Norman Osborn. They're all at the Hellfire Club because they both Stark and Osborn have have memberships to the club. Um, this is know, pre pre Dark Phoenix. Yes, this is oh, this, this nice. is this is ages ago, um, and. It, yeah, the, the Akuna stuff is is kind of hit or miss on some pages. It's it's better than some of the stuff that I say I don't really like from him. But then there are some panels where it's just like I, I don't know what's going on. The Brightweiser stuff. I think the recent uh, the first one shot Captain America: Theater of War from him, written by the Noffs. I think that was better than the work he has in this annual. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. But the um, basically Shaw is looking for his White King, and um, Stark isn't it. Um, Osborne obviously isn't it. So Namor walks into the room and now everybody shows all wet because he's like, oh my God, it's the first mutant and this is perfect and he's got power and, and, and this is what I need. And one of the first times he talks to um, Emma and he's pretty smitten with her. He's running his fingers through his hair. She says, uh, he says, I, I like this one. Uh, we don't have blondes where I come from. So she, she, she oh, says, uh, she, she goes, no, no, you're, you're not my prince. Do you always smell like that? And he says, yes, do you? Ooh. And, and he's got this sly-ass smirk on his face. So Akuna does the past sequences. Brightweiser does the present day. And then, you know, you cut to uh, Emma and, and Namor. And basically, you know, like I said, they, how they met, what they've done, um, you have some early Sentinels action. Uh, Emma finding out about the Sentinels and who's behind their uh, their creation, and you find out just how much of a bastard Shaw really is. Everything was going great. I loved everything about this as far as Fraction's story until I got to the last couple pages. It felt like there was just a little, not a cop out, but everything was just firing on all cylinders. And we got and, and I got to those that one big wow point and it was just it, it it didn't feel rushed or that they were trying to hurry it up but it just it didn't have the same impact that the rest of the book had but as far as like you know i mean yeah i can see it having a dark rain banner on it because you know this is talking about the people that were two of the people that were in that room but it's still a pretty funky story about emma and namor and uh and the early days of the hellfire club i, I liked it a lot i'll give you one reason why it had a dark rain banner on it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ka-ching. But it, it's certainly plausible that he would be smitten with Emma because Susie's a blonde. He has a thing for uh, blondes. Who wouldn't be smitten with Emma? Yeah, Stone that's true. Fox and a freaky, freaky deaky in the sack. <laughs> freaky oh, deakies need love, too. Uh, <laughs> Dude, imagine, uh, she, she's, imagine not only is she ridiculously good-looking, but she could basically do or be anything you wanted. That's true. I You've mean, thought shit. about this way too fucking much. <laughs> really has, damn dude. There's a, there's a well. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a reason why if you go to like Deviant Art or uh, you, there's about eight thousand artists that do pinups of, of Emma Frost, right? I mean, she's uh, there's a reason she walks around in lingerie every episode. I mean, at least I'm not Vince dreaming about Daisy, Daisy Duck. I mean, at least she's <laughs> hey, those human. those tail feathers. She shakes them the right Ooh, way, man. Uh, it's all over. Hey, it's Darrell. I am excited to go to New York Comic Con. And I hope everybody is going. We all have a good time. And I hope they have good deals on comics. Because they're too fucking expensive. But anyway, 
Hope to see everybody out there. Later. Fuck it. Hey, this is Ben. If you want to buy comics, you can't. You want to get trades, you want to read stories, and you can't buy them, go to your local library. There's so many trades that I've gotten read from the library, even recent ones. I mean, my library already has Secret Invasion, the hardcover, already on order. So go to your library, support them. You can get DVDs, new ones, from your library as well. So go. They got music, CDs. Go there. If you can't afford to buy trades and comics, and you don't have to own everything. I just like to read comics more than anything. I don't have to own them. Go and support your library. And it's free. Later. I did I did read a uh, a Dark Rain book last week that I really enjoyed. Shocking, I know. Um, Thunderbolts 128, the new. Uh, oh, I guess, oh, you did get uh, to read it. Okay. Uh huh. I got I actually. I got to the shop. Got it on it eBay. Was, no, it was the last issue. It was the last the last copy Oops. at the, at the shop. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll go ahead and pick it up. See what all the the hubbub is about. And it's really great story. It's um, Andy Diggle. He's a guy that it, you know. He's he's in that class of guys that I pretty much like everything that he's written. I, I haven't read a, an Andy Diggle comic that I haven't enjoyed on, on at least some level. And this was this was cool. It was um, it was a neat little neat little mental chess match between Norman Osborne and uh, uh, Doc Sampson and you've got uh, little Barack Obama mixed uh, mixed in there as well and uh, some uh, some neat uh, black ops you know I love the espionage and spy stories and Thunderbolts is basically Osborne's black ops team and it could be it could be a lot of fun I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know I, I may it, it may be the only one out of the dark rain stuff that I read but yeah it seemed pretty cool and I've never really read mm. Thunderbolts before does it have the same tone as the Ellis stuff I don't know. Uh, oh, no, you didn't read the Ellis stuff? I don't think so, Vince. I mean, it's only been one one issue, so I can't. But um, at least not for me. It's it's different. Well, I should say it's tough to say it's only been one issue, but it's different in that the uh, I think just by the nature of who the new team is comprised of, I can't see it being exactly like the Ellis tone. Just because, I mean, when guys like Garrett Emil and Ant-Man are in it, there's got to be some a little bit more of a lighthearted. You know, stance oh, yeah. some dialogue and stuff. I mean, it, it read it read like a it it read like an Andy Diggle book. It kind of had you know a loser's feel to it. But um, I guess as far as like a writer at Marvel, um, if you like Captain America, I think that you'll like the tone of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, and I I'm a fool for the for the the blonde Black Widow. I I <laughs> I've enjoyed that character since she was first introduced back in the Black Widow miniseries. Mm-hmm. And uh you know it's funny because um Ghost is now a member of the Thunderbolts and that's a villain that a lot of people just don't know anything about. That's a old Iron Man villain. Right. right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I I a lot of people have no idea who Ghost is. Now the the costume has definitely made some you know, major changes uh, over the last time I saw him. But, uh, you know, Ghost is basically a uh, uh, not really any offensive capabilities is is 
pretty much a uh, industrial espionage, you know, stealth armor kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I, cool stuff. I, I, well, let me just uh, while we're on the dark rain, I just want to say, and David, jump in because I'm sure you've read them too. I I have to say, I was not, you know, coming out of Secret Invasion Eight, and I was a little worn out, and uh, I didn't know what to expect from Dark Avengers and New Avengers, and you know. The mighty being taken over by slot. I'll say though that um, again, it's only been one issue, but uh, but uh, I I felt like it was Bendis being Bendis again. I I, I felt like it was almost like he was renewed uh, on on both dark and and new. I, I liked him quite a bit. Uh, if 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 he maintains the way I felt about the quality of his writing in in those two for a while, then I'm I'm going to be pretty back on board the Bendis train after having uh, thought that you know he kind of you know lost his way a bit there for a bit so i i, I don't know if, if you're in agreement but and before you jump in let me say also unfortunately for any it's just it's becoming readily apparent to me that i am not uh i am not part of the uh dan slot as the next great marvel writer uh <laughs> I, I think that uh you know again i i don't dislike some of his stuff i thought some of his his, his the thing was cool i thought uh some of the she hulk was cool but but um and again it's only one issue so i gotta be fair to the guy but i as for as much as i enjoyed what I read of Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers, and New Avengers, I thought that the Mighty Avengers was a big old lead balloon. I, I just thought Slot got them all wrong. So that's where wow. I stand on them, but I'll hand it off to you. Hmm. Well, you're, are you reading Amazing? Uh, I am, Amazing but, Spider-Man? but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to buy the trades because I, did, you know, I, I wasn't reading it for a long time. So other than New Ways to Die, um, I haven't read. Which was Slot. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah, and I, you know, as I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I don't hate the guy, but... But uh, I, I get the sense, and again, it's like he's he's been now been handed over the reins to Mighty. I think Marvel's kind of given him run, like he, he has the shot here to be one of the next big dudes. And I just I think he's more he's like he's a no, I don't want to disparage other artists' names, but but he's to me he's he's a B, he's a B teamer. He's not he's not part of the A team. Maybe they should have put him on West Coast Avengers then. <laughs> I probably would have read that. Dude, if, if they put Slot on Great Lakes Avengers, I'd read the hell out of that. <laughs> well, I just want to say two things. I think Thunderbolts was the biggest casualty of the Civil War because I was digging the Fabian Nicieza yeah, Thunderbolts, oh, yeah. and, then, and then all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. just a, a status quo change. They just destroyed the status quo of that book with Ellis. And I think maybe that was one of the reasons why I didn't like what Ellis did was because he destroyed what I liked about the team and, and, and transformed them into this darker, evil, you know, which I have to admit did kind of blend well with what was going on and even blends better now with Osborne mm-hmm. being being the big daddy. But eh, I, I just miss the old Thunderbolts. The Tom Grummet stuff was just fantastic. And it was a, not lighthearted, but it was a, a throwback to the old let's just have some fun and tell some great superhero stories Absolutely, books. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and, uh, and number, okay, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say that dovetails into something else that I read, but you had something. Uh, well, yeah. I was just going to say you, you, you're on the inside track with Rucka, right? Well, I don't know. Well, uh, well you come on, you, you send know, him an email you, if you want. Your friends, this last issue of Final Crisis, do you know anything about Montoya and the uh, checkmate? Are we going to get a new, Montoya-based Checkmate series out of this? Um, I haven't read the last issue out of uh, Revelations. The last I had heard that, and I may be misquoting, I think that he had another question story planned, um, or this may become part of the Bat 
uh, the Batwoman series at some point. Mm. Because I want a, she, a Checkmate she, GPF series. Um, you might you might see a mini at some point. I, I think that I think DC's kind of you know ran the the train on on Checkmate as far as uh, an ongoing series. It'll probably be the last time you see that for a while, I would guess. I mean, it's yeah. it's not going to be done any better than it was. It didn't sell mm-hmm. very well. And you know they they'll they'll give it some time. I, I think that you'll see Checkmate. You know, hopefully, be a, continue to be a part of the of the DCU. But um, that book was too smart for people to to buy. You want to talk about a smart mm-hmm. book? That's you know we're talking about Final Crisis is having to spend a lot of time with it. Checkmate was a smart book that people just didn't buy. So. Right, but now they're they're a global, they're like a multiversal peacekeeping force. Yeah. They 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 could do the equivalent of uh, exiles with Checkmate. Yeah, I'd so be bad. I, yeah. I would just like to yeah. see that. Well, Morrison yeah. did yeah. say in his exit interview that he thought Rucka had his own plans for Renee that that didn't seemingly dovetail into what right. he did with her. So, oh, yeah. if anybody's uh, going to write Renee, it's got to be Rucka. Yeah, he, I, yeah. I think hey, Greg gets very territorial about about some um, some characters, and and Renee would be very very high on that list. Yeah, very high. Well, it's like it's like be the ball. He yeah. becomes the characters. He writes them so mm-hmm. well. Vince, you, uh, I'm surprised you didn't give uh, props to Bagley when you talked about Thunderbolts because. I mean, well, he, yeah, Bagley he, too. Yeah, but I mean, his run. I mean, wasn't he on that for like 60, 60 issues, sixty seventy issues? Yeah. I'll be completely honest with you. I like Grummet much better than Bagley. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Grummet's my boy. Oh, yeah. I, I love him. <laughs> I mean, I like I like them both, so I'm not going to say. But I I, I I don't know if that's the first I read of Bagley, but I definitely. I mean, the Busick. I, I love that freaking. Now that you're mentioning, it, I want to go back and. Re, I mean, I I remember because I was a big Hawkeye fan, and I loved. I even read all the. You know, I like West Coast. Oh yeah. Movies, and man, I I loved the hell out of that series when Busick started it. I mean, and and like you said, with Nisi Asa too. I, yeah, it's a, that was a damn good series for a long time. Yeah. Some good talent on that. Mm-hmm. Grummet's an unsung hero. Well, it's uh, I had um, I had just kind of started discovering him. Tim Seeley just took over Exiles uh, yeah. a couple issues ago, and he was taking over for for Grummet. And I remember he was just like, eh, "Those are big shoes to fill." <laughs> and so I started checking some of his stuff out, but. Um, I finally, finally picked up the first trade of the Dwayne McDuffie Fantastic Four, Ooh. which had it was it was three issues of the McDuffie mm-hmm. um, start, and then it had uh, kind of a little backup two part story that um, that Grummet had drawn, and I'm trying to. Uh, I can't remember who who wrote it, but it was a Diablo story, and Grummet stuff looked great in that. But um, why? Why would Marvel ever let Dwayne McDuffie stop writing Fantastic Four? They didn't. Because, they didn't. Let, oh, <laughs> they didn't let him fin. No, it's it. He was it, the the goal. The plan was he was always supposed to just be the placeholder between JMS and Miller. That's yeah. always the plan. And whether whether he had a few extra issues before Miller was ready. I don't know, but he was never his his goal was never to be on there long term. He was, you know, I no matter how much we would all love to still see it, the plan was always for him to be on it for a short time and then pass it over to Miller. Now, now that we now have Miller's final arc in the solicitations, 
We could be that, but yes, there's this uh, for being joyous. We we might be closer to having McDuffie <laughs> come back, but I mean, he's not he's not exclusive to DC. Mm-hmm. But um, they better correct that. They should. Um, well, no, yeah. no, just just having. I think we're going to be seeing fewer exclusives. Not that I mean, McDuffie might be above that threshold, but I think we'll be seeing fewer exclusives. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from an economic standpoint, you think they might start to uh, reevaluate that a little bit? Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I would I would love to see uh, McDuffie write uh, write JLA and Fantastic Four at the same time. Is uh, have we talked about that? Have, has there ever been a time where where there was a writer that was writing kind of you know both you know team books at uh, you know at, at the same Land? time? Yeah, oh, and right. at DC. No, I, I do think McDuffie might have been the first. Wow. Yeah, that would Speaking be, of uh, JLA, dude, uh, not to not to, uh, to bitch about it, but I have to say it was a little bit shady. JLA twenty nine. What was shady about Dude, it? It was a one shot that had nothing yeah. to do with what the solicitations. Thank you. About. Well, I don't know about the solicitations. I was just fucking heated that we have this. I mean, yay for Len Wayne mouth. and 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 hell yeah for Crisscross. But for for us to have this kick ass Justice League of America milestone thing going on, and then oh here's Faces of Evil. I was like, no, f that. This is not. We could have, if I mean, yeah, everybody, every other comic is having a faces of issue, a faces of evil issue, but this man, oh crap, we were. Um, oh come on! It used to happen so often in the past. Yeah, when they had a pulling, pulling. Yeah, when they uh, had to do an, an inventory story. issue. Yeah, an inventory. But you know issue. what though? They didn't say part two of four or part six of eight. You know, in the story surrounding this inventory, you didn't know you were getting an inventory issue the next month. And it, it was fine. They, they did it recently with Camelot Falls. They had to, but back then, in, in back in the day, you didn't. You know, you, they, they didn't title the chapters. They, they, they didn't tell you how many parts were going to be in this arc. So if if it was a three part story, and but you didn't know, and you read this, the first two parts, and then there's an inventory story, and then they could even maybe try to frame it to make it look like it fits. But then if the third part finally happens in the fourth month, okay. But if you're telling me if you have it planned for a six-issue arc, and now there's this Faces of Evil fill-in issue, which probably wasn't necessary as far as you know, McDuffie and, and Bennis and company needing, needing the, the time, but it was obviously everything else is Faces of Evil, so of course they're going to do a Faces of Evil with this. Sure. Same just, thing with Dark Rain. They're going to... Yeah. They want because they know that there's people out there that are going to buy every Faces of right. Evil comic. Yes, but they, did you need, need to? In, but did you need to interrupt this storyline to do that? Sure. Right. And, sure. and I actually my my favorite. Oh, I was going to say my my favorite Faces of Evil was the Tiny Titans Faces of Mischief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just glad That's to cool. get another issue of JLA. I don't care. I, I understand where David's coming from, but I'm, you know the way I look at it, I'm going to buy it anyway. If you don't buy the the book regularly, yeah, yeah I guess it could be a pain in the ass. David just wants his milestone there, characters, damn it. Is that so yeah, I do, too. By McDuffie. And you, is that so And you know what? I am so warming up to Bennis. I really, really? like that guy's stuff. Yes. Ah. I was going through some old books, like I said, and I pulled an issue of Supergirl. I think it was issue six mm-hmm. during the whole Nightwing and Flamebird era. Mm-hmm. And um, he drew Supergirl getting a tattoo, and she's topless. And man, can that guy draw women. Man. I know why you like Ed Bennis, because every other page is a, is a ass shot. 
Yeah. I love. See, I, I'm not going to, you know, be up on top of the mountain, Mr. Lofty Ideals. I like women, and Venice I like guys who can draw really good women. Venice is one of the best at drawing uh, cleavage and ass on the same woman in the same frame. <laughs> oh, and the gap, the the gap too. The yeah, ooh, he yeah. nails no, the gap. The calato, definitely. Oh, love it! And I, she's just standing there, and she's got a towel in front of her uh, chest, and parts mm-hmm. are hanging out, and the the look on her face—it's beautiful, beautiful hey, stuff. Hey. Hi, this is Stuart Wet Rats Mac William, and I just finished reading Final Crisis number seven. Um, either I've got a uh, carbon monoxide leak in my car and I've just gotten been getting dumber and dumber than I used to be, or that was a really incoherent mess. Um, I'm looking forward to Vince trying to explain this to me because I just don't get it. I read it, but I'm lost. And I don't mean this in a good complimentary wow way. I mean, did Grant Morrison forget how to tell a story? What happened? Let me know. All right, looking forward to the next episode. Bye. Since we're spreading the DC love, I need to give a shout-out to something. Yeah, go ahead. I also read this week the first trade of Jonah Hex. Yay. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Uh, I, I I can't believe I'm not having been reading it all along. I'm uh, I'm disappointed in myself. I don't know why I haven't been. I'm uh, uncommonly good. It is. Yep. It, you know, it's um, it's one of those things too where I think so many books now are quote unquote written for the trade. I mean, how often do you hear now that people kind of say oh, I wasn't really feeling it, and then someone else will say, well, but you know, if you read it in trade, it reads much better. Um, Although it read perfectly great in trade, I, I was struck by the fact that because these are all effectively one and dones, what a great book this would be to get monthly because you get yeah. a little self-contained, well-written story, and then you're done. Yeah. And it's like a month later, you're ready for another fix. Because I don't know if I'd want to read you know 30 of these in a row. I don't know if I'd want to stack of trades and pour through these in two or three days because you know they're I mean they are basically very similar in construct in, in that you know he he has. Someone is wronged. He he writes the wrong, either for selfish reasons or for altruistic reasons, depending. And and then he moves on. So it's like, but it was very, very. I mean, all the hype was certainly. It really lived up to the hype. First of all, um, as you guys know, I I wasn't really reading the book because he looks like a freaky dude, and I wasn't sure how I'd feel about <laughs> looking at his kind of. And I don't know if in the past they've explained why he's all scarred up and stuff. I don't know, but but uh, but I got past it, and uh, I do. I I am a fan of westerns in general. Um, so uh no I thought it was great. I mean um Luke Ross which I know I've seen other stuff of his but uh but I know he's just taken over Cap and uh and it was it was interesting to see his you know his stuff on. Now I don't know if he he did the issues most of the issues in this trade. Now does he stay on the book or do they go to other artists for other uh, artists? Subs- okay. Yeah, he he doesn't stick around for long. Okay. Well, I thought it was quite good, but um the only I had to laugh there was one page in the first or second issue where um where the artist, I think it was Ross, it might have been someone else, though, where they were, they a couple times got confused as to which side of Hex's face was scarred and actually drew <laughs> the wrong side of the face card. But uh, but no, I thought it was really terrific, and I, I'm, I'm definitely, that's on my short list of stuff for uh, Comic-Con to try and pick up uh, some of the awesome. other traits to get caught up, yeah. Tell you what, tell you yeah. what, buddy, do yourself a favor and um, 
a lot of people out there have have trouble reading uh, a lot of Silver Age books, and I can understand that. They can be mm-hmm. um, they can just be hard reads compared to to how we how we have our comics today. Mm-hmm. Go pick up the Jonah Hex Showcase. So good. Yep. It okay. is so good. It it holds up much better than than the the cape and cal stuff of the era. Kind of kind of what I found with the with the showcases is that the uh, the horror books and the war books and the uh, the westerns seem to hold up much much better than the superhero stuff. And Jonah Hex is is right at the front of that. It uh, really good western stories. Sweet yeah. sweet. You're talking freaky deaky, bug fuck crazy, Michael Fleischer. <laughs> the man could write. He oh, really could. Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. But don't don't understate the accomplishment that Palmiotti and Gray have done on Jonah Hex. Because your average writer can write a story that's gonna take four, five, six issues to to come to fruition. These guys are doing done in ones, which is incredibly difficult to do. Yeah, they're doing they're doing start. They're, you know, it's the uh, yeah. So they're doing th- they're doing three act plays in twenty two pages. And oh yeah, that's difficult. You got to have chops to do that. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I don't know that um, I don't know that I've uh, again it just uh, Grandpa Matter or another another. I mean, they're a pair, but they're they're writers that I haven't um, I haven't necessarily disliked any of the stuff I've read of theirs, but I haven't. I don't remember any of it as being like, wow, these guys. I know these guys that they've they've long been they've been well regarded, and I don't remember ever reading something of theirs where I thought, oh my god, these guys are just fantastic. I mean, I've liked a lot of the stuff they've done, like the Uncle Sam stuff, and but it wasn't anything that I thought, wow, these guys are, you know, at the top of their game. But this to me, and again, I've only read the first what is it six, probably six issues in that trade, but uh, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. I mean, this may be old. I think my opinion of them may grow as I read this series, and that I have a feeling that this series is probably going to end up being one of their better accomplishments as a, as a writing. Oh, yeah. 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 Just stay away from Battle for Bloodhaven. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had that, that, that. No, I've actually read that. Yeah. There that was, was a, poop. There was a cool And they also mini- were involved with Countdown, which, which again, yeah. maybe it was yeah. their fault because everybody was in flip, but I, I, you know, I didn't think that... Uh, I thought some of their issues were some of the weaker ones, and that's that's saying quite a bit. They did a, a cool little miniseries. I think it was uh, for Wildstorm a few years back, and I liked it before I, I ever knew um, who they were uh, or what else they had done. Called the Twilight Experiment. Mm-hmm. Yes, very cool. It, it was, was a very cool little little miniseries. It's uh, you can probably find it in dollar bins out there. But uh, yeah, neat neat little neat little story. I, I dug it. So check it out. Did they do the Resistance too for Wildstorm? Mm, I'm not for sure. That was a really good series too, but yeah, well, I know they're about and Gray to, are awesome. Yeah, they're about to start the Power Girl series, right? Which I probably will have no interest in reading because I, I just don't like the character. But um. <laughs> you need you need to go read some old JSA, Mister Wood. No, I, I like I JSA, you... but actually, I like JSA, and I don't mind her. But I, I don't. I've talked about this before. I, I I can't stand the way she's drawn. I, I think she's totally. Whoa, 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 whoa! Amanda Connor's drawing it. Oh, I know. And you're not going to buy it? No. Well, oh my God! On the way You're she, out of the club. Based on the way she drew, it's not, it's not that Amanda Connor doesn't draw beautiful stuff, but again, I don't like the way Power Girl is drawn. I don't. I find that kind of wrestling chick with the gigantic fake boobs and the giant muscles to be completely unattractive. I don't. When oh I my see, gosh, she's my ultimate woman. When I see China, <laughs> when I see China on screen, I want to throw up. I don't get attracted. So, oh, that's not a woman, dude. 
Well, that's what Power Girls draw. That's, to a, me. Man, that's man. a man, man. That she's baby. either got a, a huge hunk and labia, or there's something else going on down there. Oh, that's how they draw Power Girls. So I take no, they don't. Power Girl is beautiful. Yeah. Vince is going to start getting upset. You're not going to. You're going to. You're not going to get dialed in next week, Wood. Most most yeah. superheroes are drawn as thoroughbreds. Power Girls drawn like a Clydesdale. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> that's, that's hateful. That's what that is. Hateful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what do you say, guys? Should we call it a night? Oh, yeah. you want to call it a night now that I've insulted his lady love? No, no. Hey, everybody has an opinion. You know what I'm saying? I figured you were <laughs> just, just... No, wait, wait. wait. I, you're oh, just wrong. But I'm, I'm out. You were no. praising me if, uh, not even an hour ago, so keep that in mind. Yeah, I can't, I can't fault you. You know, you don't like Power Girl. That's okay. You, you, were, you, you brought the heat on the, on the Final Crisis, so... Uh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to finish it up. I'm going to try and read the whole series again this weekend, so maybe I'll... Maybe we'll have a less constipated view mm-hmm. of it by next week. Oh. Hey, could we give some... Uh, let's give a shout-out to uh, New York Comic Con, because three of yes, us will be there. Yes, let's do that. Mm. So, what's it? Uh, two weekends from now, February 6th through 8th, at the uh, Javits Center, Mr. Uh, Price, Mr. B, and Mr. Wood will be hauling our asses down there uh, to check it out. We'll be... Uh, we'll be and Mr. We'll, Caters on Friday. Yep, Mr. Caters. Uh, Vince and I will be... Uh, and, and perhaps David, I don't know whether you're planning on staying over, but we will be sharing a room with... Uh, Mr. Freaky Tiki Tim Reckrich and God help us all. Uh, Vince is, is bringing Marty and his guests along. Marty and, Div- and Divine, my, so. my buddy Mike is coming too. Oh Sweet. my lord, it's, it's going to be a yeah. jam packed up in there. I'm, get, I'm getting depressed now. That's okay. Oh, we're going to have a hell of a time. We're going to have if you are at the city. Yeah, hmm? yeah, yeah. If you are at the show. Do not hesitate because I, we we even see it on our forum. Oh, I was going to come up to you, but I got you know for whatever reason, God knows why, that you know I didn't come up to you and blah blah blah. If you see us there, come on over. That's why we're going. Oh, definitely. We want to be with everybody who who. If you listen to the show and you're at NYCC, come on over. We'll give you a big old hug and maybe we'll pawn wood off on you for a couple hours. For real. So. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted that. Two people listen to us, let alone how many do. So if, if anybody, oh wants, yeah, if anybody wants to say hi and just talk about the show or comics or shoot the shit, that's really uh, you that's know what's awesome. cool. I, you know, you know what's cool about the listeners though. What's that? Have you been reading the iTunes reviews? Yeah, no. we got we got some good ones. There on have been there. some kick-ass iTunes reviews. So thanks, oh, everybody. Well, well, yeah, no, I haven't. And oh, if hey, you hey. if you do like the show. Drop us an iTunes review. Chris is big on that, and I can understand yeah. why because it, it's a, it's a feeling feeling of accomplishment that hey, there's somebody out there who's digging on this stuff. You can even leave a bad review; it's only going to help us get better. Yep, and it, it actually it, it does it does help the visibility of the show. Hey, I want to um um ask the listeners that are going to be at the New York Comic Con. We we just talked about this on AC that uh, one of the best things that you can do whenever you first get to a convention is go to the hero initiative booth if you are a if you like to get sketches and that kind of stuff because they the the artists that are there are always really high profile artists and you can get great deals on sketches there and it goes to a great cause so do us a favor go to the hero initiative booth if you're wanting to get sketches get signed up and whenever you go there tell them that you that you heard about it on on uh, um, eleven o'clock comics and uh, um, tell tell the folks there it would it would mean a lot to us. Yeah, and name drop around comics too because they have done <laughs> a hell of a lot of work for the Hero Initiative. It's a great cause. So there we go, gentlemen. And come on, 
Command D bunker. How could you? That's please? awesome, Command D. I love that. That was the best thing about the issue, right there. <laughs> All right. Yes. And they Julia, used that uh, before. Is, yes, they did. Yes, they did yeah. in '52. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I remember. See, so, yeah, I knew. It. So. <laughs> What, so what did we, we we covered everything. We covered um, New York Comic Con, iTunes review. Oh, drop by our forum, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. We got a kicking thread going on Final Crisis number seven. All of our threads are exploding, and uh, I, I thank everyone for, for ju- jumping on our forum. And if you don't, come on over. We'd love to have you. Definitely. And, yes. and also, um, one last thing that we want to remind the people um been a lot of hubbub in the blogosphere and and stuff about um, Diamond and you know the unfortunate decision they had to make to raise the minimums and what that might mean for some of the smaller press publishers. Um, we've all been racking our brains about can it be fixed as our solution. Um, I don't know if it's the answer, but I know it's probably the best thing near term that might be the answer, and that's Haven. Haven is uh, used to be cold cut. New ownership took it over. Um, kind of we're hiding out in the weeds now. They've relaunched. Haven is a secondary distributor uh, focused exclusively on smaller press, independent books. Um, the business model. They've done a couple interviews recently. I think on CBR they just did one. But uh, point being, um, if there's any LCS owners out there or guys that are tight with their LCS owners um, and have any interest in seeing you know smaller press books get a, a broader reach. Check out Haven. You can just Google them. I think it's Haven Distributing Company. They have, you know, I, it looks like it's very simple to get your books uh, listed in their catalog. Our, our good buddy Martheus Wade in his book uh, Jedi Tales of the Toshigawa is actually on the cover of their version of previews this month. So um, again, if if we want to, you know, we can all complain about how Diamond's doing this to and it's what it's going to do to our our smaller press buddies. Well, you know, rather than complaining about it, let's see if we can do something about it and spread the word that Haven might be an alternative. It's going to be interesting. We got uh, Sal Abinati on uh, on AC this week. Oh, Uncle and Sal! Got, nice. Yep, yep. No, he's just the other Sal on our show. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to him about uh, about the diamond stuff and getting his perspective as a as a, a small press guy. Yep, and the picture box sale still going on. So pop over there and throw them some cash. Picture box Inc. Inc.com. I was all prepared to go into Power Masters. I read both volumes for this episode, but the Final Crisis all screwed me all up. So maybe next time. So which? Anyways, let's do a little read shout out. Okay, um, read independently published comics. Oh, very nice. Yes, Aww. read them, buy them. How am I going to top that? You can top it. Go ahead. You can be specific. <laughs> yeah. I, I got two for you. you read, can, read Jonah Hex, which isn't small press, but read Jonah Hex and small press. Read um, Johnny Wad. Oh, there yeah, you go, nice our buddy Dave. Our, I, I love face. the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that covers. Awesome. It's brilliant with the big honking gun. Dave he Wachter, did have a yep. big honking gun, didn't he? Dave Wachter drawing John Holmes as a as a badass seventies action hero, and uh, Wachter drawing. Beautiful boobies. He can't. Can't. How can he beat that? That's right. <laughs> uh, read. Uh, read Ghost Rider because next issue, everything. Uh, what what Jason Aaron's been working towards comes comes to head next uh, next oh, month. Cool. NC and and because of the Johnny Watt connection, I had to throw a head in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Read Heathen Town. From oh, it's coming out. Yeah, nice. 
Yep. From Shadowline Image, uh, came out today. It is nine ninety nine. It's absolutely beautiful artwork by Gabe Hardman, who uh, former guest on AC. He was uh, basically a, a storyboard and special effects guy in Hollywood. Has worked on tons of comic book movies, but now we're seeing uh, how good of a, a sequential uh, artist he is in in the comics medium, and it looks like an awesome um, horror story from uh, from Shadowline Image. So once again, that is Heathen Town for nine ninety nine. Yeah, as Chandler Bing would say, that cover is perfection. I that, love that cover. Awesome, just <laughs> it's aw- gorgeous. Just cool pulp feel to it. Oh, yeah, looks awesome. Okay, guys, we're out of here. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Plantanas. What does that mean? What does plantanas mean? Well, plantanas is is the Spanish word for plantains, which are the plantanas. The the banana that that, uh, in Latin cooking is is common to be fried up. So, you know, for a long time, bananas has been an expression for, like, something that's super cool and crazy. So plantanas means it's, like, even crazier and cooler. (laughs) Ah. Plantanas. Can you you smoke a banana? I love Julian, man. He's a a hoot. Nice. One, two, rock